I'm Julie Newmar. Well, you're uh, part of the enchantment. I'm, I'm sure about that. And we're on Sci-Fi Saturday night. That sounds good. That sounds perfect. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily. It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess, and you will give you witchcraft. You expect me to believe that you can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Well, that's an interesting opening. I hope you guys heard it, because I didn't. From the Moist Towelette Exchange on sublevel 1B in Area 51, hello and welcome to TalkCast 321, this week's edition of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. Lounging with a bottle of inexpensive pan-galactic scotch, I am the Dome. Joining the TalkCast tonight? Not sure. But I know who's here now, in the Acton Tardis Polishing Plant, technical anarchist, driving our own button-bushing, keyboard-clacking, Sonic screwdrivering girl genius this week having a pointed argument with an Apple Watch. It's Kriana. For the first time in the history of the iPhone, my poop emoji folder is empty. <laughs> you can I... finally delete the Stocks app. Ah, congratulations, I think. Thank you. From the stacks of her personal space in the Dank Dungeons Coast Guard card catalog, she befriends robots all over the East Coast and unfriends metahuman Facebook stalkers. It's Zombrarian. I'm sorry, I'm very busy at the moment. One of my colonists is on fire. Which one? Omar. Oh, good Lord. Okay, it's well, okay. Jono is going to go put him out. Perfect, 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 perfect. Uh, I was told that... Uh, our uh, our Midwest correspondent, Awake by Java, will be here tonight, uh, but we'll see if that's the case. Joining us tonight is friend of the show, friend of ours, uh, talented artist, and now multimedia mogul, Griffin S. Griff, welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, I, I would have been more prompt, but uh, I was busy helping set Omar on fire. Perfect. It's nice to know that we're all in kind of a synchronous snark mode tonight. <laughs> Omar is no longer on fire, but he's going to need an operation. There goes all our hard work. God. I'm sorry. You may know Griffin from conventions, from, from his artwork, uh, from his website, uh, shadedareas.com, uh, which stopped being an artist website couple of months back and became a, a general entertainment website. Let's talk about that just a little bit. What the hell did you do? Um, so <laughs> I, had, I had too many projects going at once, and the people <clears throat> who I was partnered with at the time were all very... Uh, one of them was is, uh, George, who works in marketing, and the other one was somebody who... Uh, thinks he knows marketing. And they were both very certain that we needed to maintain separate brands for each project. And at some point, I, I decided to call um, 
I, I took I decided to take an executive decision and tell them all that they were being silly because we didn't have enough fans of any one of those things to have enough loyalty for a brand to matter. And I shoved all of the projects of phone hugs and um, the the uh, the article stuff and some other video things and just shoved it all under shaded areas under one big umbrella. So if somebody finds one of the projects, then they can find all of them at the same time. And it is much easier on my sanity. And now I've been able to bring other creators under the fold and get them some uh, traction going. And it's been, it's been a pretty good process so far. So <clears throat> it's interesting to see how this website is set up now because I usually go to shaded areas to check out the new artwork that you're bringing to conventions and now I even have trouble finding that on the website yeah it's not there um, yeah. it, is, it is now at griffins.com so at griffins.com is, is the art website and now that it's just for me and in the background it's our own friend wait by Java Hi. <laughs> Is he in the car? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's... Hold on. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that may well be the dishwasher, or he's in the same room with the washer-dryer. You never know. Gotcha. So, Shaded Areas is now kind of run by three people instead of one. You, Christopher Goodfellow, and Elise Carter. Yes, um, Elise... Well, she Elise is my assistant for... Like I, we call her the facilitator because she just kind of handles a lot of the uh, legwork communication. Oh, she's me. Yeah, <laughs> so she is fantastic. Like anytime we need to like contact a convention or like contact a celebrity to see about um, collaborating or getting them to give me a little soundbite or something, we send her out because if I do it myself, it comes across as weird. I found, and if she does it she can talk to their assistant as an assistant and they kind of bond over that and it works way better immediately so that's the ultimate Sidebar, don't call Let her an assistant no no I, know, I don't know what the terms are that's her, we... call her your manager of everything or mistress whichever she prefers <laughs> she facilitator seems to be the go-to okay um, that's fine I'm just saying mistress doesn't hurt <laughs> And uh, Christopher Goodfellow, he's kind of the anytime I have an idea, and that he he's requested that be his uh, stage name, for lack of a better term. Um, but he just I run my ideas past him, and he spots certain uh, glitches in my logic, which is great for someone who thinks laterally and not linearly. Plot holes, got it. That should be his superhero name, Plot Hole. <laughs> that could be. Good. That's kind of awesome. It could be. Now, you've, you've formed uh, some stuff happening on Twitch. Explain to our listeners what Twitch is. Uh, Twitch is a broadcast, live streamy sort of um, video game. Wait, our listeners uh, don't know what Twitch is? I, I should hope they do. Some but, of them may, some of them may not. Really? Like, who here really doesn't know what Twitch is? That would be me. <laughs> okay, because, but like... <clears throat> who here... Are yeah. you sure? Because I, I feel like we watched Java create a few characters on Twitch at least once. Oh, huh. did we do that? Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. We did. So. Yeah, it's just people doing live gaming, and some of them build huge audiences and have like their own little Twitch empires, and some of them are just like me, and we have all these other projects, and I do the Twitch because I'm going to play video games anyway, so I might as well add some media to my site, and at the same time bring in stragglers and be like, oh, and by the way, go over and watch this other stuff that's already made. So wait, should I do that? I'm playing games right now. 
exactly you should do that. I should? Should I start it up right now and see if it fucks the stream? <laughs> Is, <laughs> does Kingdom of Loathing count, though? Yes, yes, people people actually twitch Kingdom of Loathing I can all totally the time. See that they do, they do, they do. But I'm going to do RimWorld because I'm obsessed with RimWorld lately. I don't I don't even have a login. I need to register. I've never actually been interested in this before, so you've inspired <laughs> now, me you've inspired me, you've gotten me back for the pens, so Okay. Okay, mm. wait a second. Rim hold on. <laughs> I've done it again. <laughs> Sorry, Java. You have a baby. I can't do this to you. <laughs> now I need something to take my attention away from Assassin's Creed, which is right now like I'm playing the original and it's just it's mind-numbingly annoying. Okay, RimWorld, it's an alpha. It is a survival simulation game. Um, this looks exactly like um, Prison Architect. Uh, oh. I, I found it from Prison Architect. Okay. From a message board-like place that begins with R people may have been discussing its similarities and it reminds relative me of funness, and they were all pronounced fun. Don't let your colonists set themselves on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen whether you allow them to or not. Omar didn't die, though, so that's, that's, oh, that's good. That's good. You know, what, you know what the real problem is? Is when it's an indoor fire, and there's just nothing you can do about that shit, and then they all go to um, put the fire out and die of heat stroke in, like, Two seconds. <laughs> so Griffin, <laughs> have stuff. I feel like the podcast is kind of a game. We should just like twitch my something. Twitch my ride is exhibit twitch here. Twitch something. <laughs> exhibit. Uh, I'm, cracked I'm, I'm cracked out today, guys. A little bit. So while while they're playing RimWorld, yes. Uh, yeah. Shaded areas is broken into five different different subgroupings at this point. So let's talk about some of the shows that you're currently uh, currently processing through shaded areas. One is the old wonderful phone hugs and therapy. Yes, phone hugs. We finished. We got to episode thirty and um, or I don't know if everyone decided, but I decided that it was a closed project at that point. Um, it's and, and mostly because of things like uh, crap. What the hell's the name of that? Welcome to Night Vale, where like I knew a ton of people who showed up around episode fourteen, and then by episode forty, everyone was kind of like, "And I don't want to be here anymore." So I wanted to keep it <laughs> concise enough that like you might enjoy the whole ride before you get burnt out on it. <laughs> um, so you haven't uh, outlived your usefulness, is what you're saying. Exactly. <laughs> so, so you've got the full run of phone hugs and therapy available on shaded areas and we're porting over uh individual calls into youtube and part of the reason for that is one to get a different audience than we already had because obviously not everyone who is an audio person uh will also like it, it grabs two audiences which is great um but it also got me i hired an artist uh aside from me to do portraits of all the callers and we're turning those into, like, e-cards and meme things. Um, like the old Victorian-looking ones where it has, like, a black-and-white sketch of somebody and a weird quote. Um, so oh, we're nice. doing those. But we're using quotes from the calls. And we're re releasing those to our Patreon backers, 
like a month before oh, they me. start circulating. Yes, actually, if you go to the second most recent post, then there's a link to the now Honestly, private page. Honestly, I just like giving you money, and every once in a Aww. while, I, I see your email come up, and I'm like, Griffin's doing great. <laughs> I don't read the email, I just assume you're doing great, and it brightens that my is good day. I'm glad to hear that, actually. <laughs> Are you? I don't know. A little bit. Um, but yeah, no, on, on Shaded Areas, there's actually a, like a join our clan section that'll take you to the Patreon page, but under that is a link to the perk page, which is password protected, and only the Patreon backers can get access. And then Yay! it leads you to like all this downloadable print, like so you can print your own like actual cards using this art, or... Um, you know, make the e-cards your uh, meme for the day on your social media. <laughs> on the social medias? On the social medias. I just downloaded a broadcasting software. We'll see how this goes. OBS? <laughs> is it OBS? It, it better be it OBS. It is. It is. Okay, good. I don't know. I just picked the first one that was there. It was that one. That's and then you have a new show. And then you have a new... Uh, program that's coming on board fairly soon. Yes, we have called Clouderbowl. Clouderbowl, which is spelled that is a really awkward name. It totally is. Um, it's that like chowder. Like something both gross and dirty. I, you would think that, but so so I wanted the the chowder bowl clouderbowl concept because it's just chowder but with an L instead of an H. But uh, a clouder is a is what you call a group of kittens. <laughs> is it? so. It's a bowl of kittens is the name of the show, but oh, the wow. show has nothing to do with that at all. <laughs> I don't know if, if any of the people who listen or if you yourselves remember a show called Syphil and Ollie that used to be on MTV. Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so that would be one. Wait, Good job. Syphil and Ollie. How do I make this go? So, so Syphil and Ollie was a puppet show that was on MTV and it was a lot of non sequitur conversations and a lot of weird randomness and playfulness and it was all very verbally driven like it was voice actors and puppets and that's it and I realized watching a new YouTube project called uh, or not new it's been out for a couple of years but a project new to me called um, the most popular girls in school which is also voice actors and they use stop-motion animation and Barbie dolls and I was like I basically if I want to upgrade from like audio projects to video this is my mode so i'm making paper puppets that talk using paper clips that are attached to the back of them not paper clips uh clothespins and i have a bunch of voice actors and we're recording little segments and bits so it's kind of like the same segment style as syphil and ollie but a lo- little more coherent <laughs> still just as silly but every syphil and ollie was always very random like random random mm-hmm. so yeah i haven't been able to find anything else that exists that's similar to it so i wanted to make my own and that's only one portion of what's going on. Then the second portion that you have is a section about articles that are geek lifestyle, animated analysis, reel-to-reel, I'm not sure what that means, and reverie unhinged. Talk about some of the writers that you have involved in this. Oh, my God. I have... I've gotten so many good people involved in this. And, and this was weird because I had another friend of mine... I don't know for the I'm somebody else that I know. Let's put it that way. Who was trying to start their own like blog article site type of thing, and I was like, okay, well, how about this? I'm trying to expand shaded areas. You're having trouble getting your writers to contribute. So how about we just fold your idea into my website? I'll clean up the image immediately. You gain access to an existing audience, and um, I you're you're currently not paying your writers, so I will fund. 
per article and we can figure that out. But I have some stipulations and I gave them some like style guide limitations and stuff like that. And the part that they got argued with that they argued with me about was actually paying the writers, which they didn't think was necessary or appropriate. And I got really mad at them. So I told them to go screw it and I did it myself. So now I have like nine writers off and on. And Derek and Kelsey are the two, like, they just spit out a ton of information. And your own Angelica um, also has a habit of defending villains. <laughs> yeah, she does, doesn't she? <laughs> yes, she does. We're still expecting some severe blowback from her very recent uh, yesterday article uh, defending Ramsay Bolton from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. actually just kind of reading that one going, <gasps> ooh. I, 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 and here's the thing. I'm very, I don't want to be an editor. So I tell everyone, here's the style guide. As long as you're not breaking this and you're not doing anything blatantly stupid, I'm going to post whatever you give me. And it's been pretty hands-off. And there are all the articles. It's called Too Long Didn't Read is the system. So every you article. Just say TLDR. Yes, but and if you go to shadedareas.com slash TLDR, it takes you right there. Adorbs. Uh, but uh I made the style guide has it so that the articles articles cannot be longer than seven hundred and fifty words, although I'll allow up to a thousand if it's a good article. And they all have a TLDR section at the top that is two hundred and fifty characters that it tells you everything in the article, like it gives you the overview, and it's not a teaser. It doesn't like set it up, and then you have to read the article to find out. No, you, if you read that, it's a the short thing, summary. Yeah, you when know I exactly what's going to happen. I was amazed. Some, is it quippy sometimes? Quippy? I don't know. Sometimes they're funny. Oh yeah, I try to I try to make them a little punchy sometimes. But uh, the whole point is I want people to be able to get the information without having with, – I don't want clickbait. I hate clickbait. I hate all the ad traps and all these articles. So I'm trying to make something that's specifically not those. <laughs> so and basically I, what you've done is let people write what they want to write and said, here it is and here's what it's about. Exactly. So if you want to read it, just click on the goddamn thing. Exactly. Like every post, you see exactly what the article is from beginning to end. And if you're going to read the rest, it's just to get an expansion of the information. And I actually just did my second, because I, I typically don't write to it, but I did one on Simpson Wave because Simpson Wave is still baffling as hell to me. And with my psychology background, I felt the need to like break it down. <laughs> Good Lord. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then, section three of the website uh, hosts three different web comics. Yeah, the web comic thing. I wish I had more people contributing. I have a fourth one coming in currently that I need to review and figure out whether we're releasing it all at once or um, as individual sales on a weekly basis. But two of the web comic projects are my old projects. One of them is um, my friend Erin, who it's still technically an open project, but she's been busy voicing one of the main characters on Clouderbowls, so she's been a little preoccupied with that. And the fourth one that's coming is, oh, the, it's called The Cure for Seasickness, but it's C-Sickness. And, um, because he is, it's a weird, surreal comic that he wrote about his dealing with cancer. So uh, I'm putting that, nice. I'm just trying to figure out what the right tone is for it. But cancer is depicted as this big blobulous monster with like a skull and rib cage, but nothing really else to it. It's super interesting. I'm trying, there we go. Okay. And then you, your wonderfully little weird absent-minded friends 
I loved that project. I wish I had more focus for that one. I'm hoping that once September hits, I'll have a little bit of time, but I just had a really, really good idea for another audio project or possible video project. Um, so I might be doing that instead. <laughs> well, no, I really think Absent-Minded Prince is probably one of the funnest things you've ever done. I really always liked it. I like it a lot. I need to find more ways to like circulate it. Well, I mean, this, 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 this is a great, uh, actually I had no idea how far back you went with some of this stuff. Neat. <laughs> and, and I was going through it the other day and I just kind of came across, uh, came across one that I remembered and then looked back and went, oh my God, he did all these other ones before it. And, uh, it, it's always been a favorite of, of mine, of, of your stuff because it's, it's, Kind of like snapshots and and quick little takes, and yeah. you know, not to say your your well produced artwork isn't also wonderful, but I've always really liked this stuff. No, I totally get it. It's uh the the comics the comic books that I've worked on, I I have loved what they've been, but I don't actually enjoy drawing comics the same way that I enjoy some of my other stuff. I like doing single narrative pieces or like small set narrative pieces. So like. Absent-Minded Friends was much more of the comic style that I should be working in. <laughs> and and speaking, me too. Yeah. Speaking of the comics that I'm working on, uh, Baby's last issue should be ready for this August when we hit uh, Vermont Comic Con and Boston Comic Con and um, Terrificon. And Healed is getting an eight-page edition. Wow. So that's happening. <laughs> So if you guys have the entire set, or if you bought the uh, the trade, guess what? There's more There's now. There's more! <laughs> and I don't know if George is actually planning on printing just little eight-page booklets for people who just want the last eight pages, or if he's going to make everyone repurchase the entire thing. I don't understand his logic sometimes, so I don't know. But hopefully, it is going to be accessible. Will it be ready for Boston? Oh, yeah. The, the healed eight-page edition is already uh, done and uh, Baby is, it's basically the, the lines are down, the colors are down, oh, the flats are down. I just need to go in and shade the actual, make everything look a little bit more three-dimensional. Very, very cool. So what's happening in the next couple of months with Shaded Areas and with you, aside from uh, this being convention season, which means you get no sleep? Uh, yeah, there's that. Um, so, God... Uh, <laughs> so for right now, um, or for the next couple of months, it's basically keep TLDR running, get Clouder Bowl into actual launch because I've had some weird delays and I cannot seem to, uh, lock down. Like I, I basically I'm trying to teach myself how to do the puppeting over the vocals. And I think I just figured it out. Um, I think I need to slow the audio down by 50%. And voice the puppets that way so that everything, like, when I do the clip motions to make the mouths move, they've just been shaking so much that the final video looks like it's caffeinated. <laughs> so if I slow the vocals down by 50% and then speed up the, the final video at 200%, they should sync up just fine, I'm hoping. So that's my next attempt to try to get that going. Um, but I should have the first episode up by mid-July the worst, and then hopefully the next, after that point, it'll just be easy flow. Um... So then, 
come September, I should be pretty much resting on my laurels while projects just keep spitting out and we go through the phone hugs and therapy, uh, YouTube port, and the Clouder Bowl episodes get dropped, and TLDR articles spit out, and then at that point I can start sizing up what my options are for other projects, which I have a book I need to write, a that new audio project I just had the idea for, more comic book stuff, a children's book that I have all written and dummy booked that I want to see if what I can do. I'm just, I need more sleep too. There's that. We should talk about that. <laughs> what convention are you doing this year? Um, I think it's just the three. I think we're doing, so August is going to be like three weekends in a row. So it's, I think it's Boston first, then Vermont, then Terrificon, or maybe I have this out of order. But, well, I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. So but that's, doing, that's all in one month. Yeah. They're all in one month. <laughs> it's literally, I'm going to be, uh, what was I doing? So uh, the beginning of August, I'm dog sitting for some dog sitters because they're going away. And so I'm watching their three dogs, two cats, and a couple of other pets that they have because they're a little bit of a order set. And then immediately after that, it's convention, convention, convention. You're insane. I am. But on the upside... With Clouder Bowl, I, so I had that old Project Fandom Battles mm -hmm. um, where I was like putting the characters against each other and had the artwork for people who voted if they could win it and whatever, but I realized there was no there was no reason for people to pay attention. Like, you go in, you vote, and you either were part of the majority or you weren't. And nobody cared. Um, so I'm adding it as a subset of Clouder Bowl to keep that aspect going and do the artwork, but I'm also as... So all those prints are going to be super limited run. I'm going to stop doing like endless prints and almost everything I have in my current store Envy store is going to be wiped soon and I'm just going to sell the remaining stock at the conventions and then have like 20 of each of the new prints and that's it. So I'm very much changing my style of approach. <coughs> so right now on shadedareas.com you do have shaded areas illustrations for sale. It took me long enough to find the damn things. <laughs> that is the one place that the artwork still links through, and that's only because once the fandom battle stuff goes up, it's going to be replacing the stuff there. I haven't replaced it yet just because I don't have them available. Like, I've the Captain America and Iron Man one done, and the uh, Dana Scully and Olivia Dunham art's done. And then you have some links to... Uh some of your books and some of your uh, uh, Minions books there on, on, on an Amazon list, yeah. which is quite cool. Yeah, I did a cover for somebody. Uh, actually, I don't... I wish I could just... So he, he doesn't want his identity to be obvious, so he's kind of working to distance himself from it for reasons I don't want to get into. But, like... We grew up together, is the easiest way to put it, and he just needed a cover done, so I'm still showing off his work, too. And then on Redbubble, you've got some uh, some t-shirts and some swag and some oh. cool stuff. Yes, and speaking of t-shirts. Yes. Um, so, last night I made a, a shirt design for my friend Anna, who um, she's most well-known for her Twitch channel, uh, if you go to thegeekfleet.com, it takes you to her tw Twitch channel. And she is partnered and doing a charity drive with the new t-shirt that we're about to show for the... Uh, I don't know how it's... The charity is going to go towards something involving uh, the Orlando issue. 
Um, and so that's coming and I'm going to be making another shirt because I gave her like four design options and she picked one of them and I'm going to do um, one of the other ones, which I really liked. So I don't want to talk about her, the design she's releasing because I don't know what her terms are. We didn't get to talk about it yet. But um, the one I'm doing on my own is going to be, it's a, it's set up like the original Legend of Zelda um, when he gets the sword, the it's dangerous to go to alone page. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the, has the same text block up top, the two little flames which are going to be purple, a guy in a purple cloak instead of the old man, or I guess it's not a guy, a figure in a purple cloak, and then instead of the sword, it's going to be three, the three hearts, but rainbow. Nice. Yeah. Very there was either nice. that or like a weapon selection wheel that had like shield, magic, uh, gun, thing, and then a heart that was selected, but I decided that this one was more ubiquitous. <laughs> I love that you use the word ubiquitous, my friend. <laughs> <put> that word. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you never know where Griffin's going to be or what he's going to do. But the one thing you always know is going to be special. Be, well, <laughs> only for us. three, only for three weekends. That's true. It's going to be at conventions, and you can find him there. You can find me there, and <gasps> we'll find you there at Boston. You guys definitely will find me there. Are you not going to Vermont or uh, Terrificon? No, not this year. Aw. I know, I not know. Not any year as far as I recall. No, we've never actually gone to the others. Well, Vermont, I think, is... This is going to be year three for it, and... Yeah, it's the, Vermont, they're, though. It is, but they're good people, and oh, we sure like... sure, they are. And Terrificon... It's Vermont. It's Vermont, you know. Terrificon is uh this it's gonna be the second year and it's the split off of what used to be Comic Con with two ends at the end. Um, I guess the owners had a separating moment and now Terrificon and we love the guy who runs Terrificon, so we've been sticking with that end. Hmm. I'm guessing that one's in Connecticut. It is, it's at Mohegan Sun. Huh. So whatever money Are you, you gonna go to the, the museum? I don't know about the museum, but I definitely do know that what Dome was about to say about all the money I make goes back into the tables is totally Mm -hmm. what happened last time. (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) Had that feeling. What can I tell you? (laughs) Well, what? what, Tell me about the museum. Um, the Massamtucket Pequot Museum is, I think, at Mohegan Sun. Oh. No, yeah, (laughs) it's at Mohegan Sun because it's not at Foxwoods. Um, (laughs) and it's amazing, and. My one of my favorite memories sounds really sleazy, but isn't. Um, my mother was not aware that all of the mannequins in the museum are shown in traditional um, dress, and traditional dress included no shirts for anyone. Ah, and so you walk in, and the very first thing you see is this replica 12 foot long canoe which is gorgeous and really cool being That's rowed by right. a bunch of women I did not with no shirts and my brother had just turned like 11 and I almost <laughs> didn't get to go to the Pequot Museum the end <laughs> but then we did that was an even better story the only thing that should be less offensive than <laughs> Actually, there wasn't, but there was there was a movie with severed heads, and I at twelve was sitting there comforting my mom, saying, "It's okay, mom. They were plastic. You could tell. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you how you could tell the heads were plastic?" <laughs> that is 
Amazing. <laughs> and she told me that that's when she knew that I was just going to be into horror movies and that she should give up. <laughs> <laughs> and yet she didn't. Not for a couple more years, no. <laughs> that wasn't the, the defining moment. That came later. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it'll be a good. It was a good con last year. Hopefully, now that he's more established in the space, it'll be a good con again. And Boston, Boston, totally like this con two years ago, which was super overpopulated and nobody could move around, and it became like hugely problematic and started getting compared to all the bad parts of New York. And then this most recent year that already happened, um, that they like opened up all the space and they lowered the number of tables and they did all the right decisions to make yep. it more accessible and they were brilliant about it. So I love yeah, them for that. Yeah, some people should really take a page out of their book. Everybody yeah, should. I feel like I feel like there's a state that's touching theirs that should really have taken it. All a- right, guys, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say anything. I can't but you're absolutely which- right. They did all the right things last year, including yes. shutting down ticket sales. When yes. they reached their but you limits. know what? Boston has never had that problem with the tickets. They just knew, like based year, like they're they've been very smart about year over year, knowing how many tickets they could sell. And it turned out that last year they were like, we can't sell at the door. They knew they couldn't already because they knew what their demand was going to be. Well, then again, the year before was the year that they had to move it. Yeah, it, yeah. it's all so it's been there were a lot of a few times. Yeah, it's, been, it's been very crowded even a few times. Well, yeah, yep. but that, that year's but, point is, is they didn't really have much of a choice. Right. Yeah. That year, and, and people showed up out of uh, a solidarity movement. Yeah. That, and, and it just kind of exploded, and, and everybody went, oh, if this is going to continue, we've got to start rethinking some stuff. And they did, and and they just and did they it right. Did and it was great. And like, it was wonderful. And, and every year, Boston Comic Con is is one of the cons I really, as not not as as a participant, but as not as an exhibitor, but as as just as a what a guy walking in. I'm confused. I know. As I an love. attendee. As, an <laughs> as a dome. As the dome, I love going there. Okay, so there the you thing go. Was, that was a statement. The thing I was most impressed with, out of every change they made to like accommodate more fluidity throughout the people being able to like access all the stuff, was usually when a con does that, they like cram the artists closer together and like try to make more room by doing that. And they didn't do that. We had more room behind our tables as well, which was like super. Like nobody ever takes that consideration, and it was amazingly helpful. Well, and as someone like who gets up, claustrophobic. Like... I can tell you that they, um, both in deference, I think, to cosplayers and to people who aren't as comfortable being packed in very tightly with other people, they widened the aisles. Yes, they did. The smell of nerd sweat in the morning is pleasant to no one. Um, (laughs) Like, there was just never a point in time over the entire weekend where either there weren't any people in our aisle nor was there a point when I couldn't talk to or interact with people because there were so many of them. Yeah, like, yeah. neither of those glitches occurred. And, but, but, like, but, like, so many of them, but not, not like, interacting with you. It wasn't like your table was mobbed because, oh, my God, everyone loves you. You're talking about the situation people get into where, like, cosplayers randomly stop in the middle and then it's just everything clogs and no one's actually yeah. talking to you. And it's frustrating. 
and that, that had not happened. Happen. They, they it, like, and it has before, and they listened to people's frustrations, and they have done a great job about acting on them. But you know what? It's not so much that they listen to people's frustrations. They recognized on their own. Yeah. They really you know what, do. Though? You can't expect them to recognize on their own because there's so many moving fucking parts. To oh, my God. There sure are. That, that, like, they can't possibly know everything. They're not the artist who is super grateful for the extra two feet behind their table. Sounds yeah. like It sounds like a really small thing, but it's huge. But it was absolutely huge. It was but fantastic. Like, but, like, you can't expect them to know that. You can't. Like, they don't know. I mean, they, they can consciously, like, not make it worse, but if it's not good, h- how will they know if people don't talk to them? And I think that they have fostered this really um, sincere sense of openness as yep. far as taking feedback from the whole community, and they, they're not just paying lip service to it, they're acting on it. I'm to glad me, you said it, Kirby, because... I love you. You're doing a great job. You guys, I, you guys you. I was I was about to be like, I'm glad you you brought up that last part because there have definitely been some people who have gotten feedback and not responded to it properly. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's one thing to say you want feedback and then to just be like, oh yeah, okay, I'll fix this, and then the next year it's worse. Uh, and I feel like that happened recently. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. It happens about. a lot. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, but there was one icy experience hmm. specifically. What? <laughs> <laughs> but my, the important note here for any of the listeners out in the uh, internet verse, if you want to go to a good con and you can get to Boston, you should go to Boston Comic Con. Boston Comic Con is, is a gem of a Comic Con. That's for damn sure. Oh, and, well, yeah, and that too. But, like, you can meet me, and that's kind well, of... yeah, and, and you can meet us too. And I have to say that personally for us... Um, they have always gone above and beyond to not, oh, like, goodness, yeah. just, like, not even just accommodate us, but, like, really take good care of us. Really. Above you guys and had beyond. a really good table placement last time, too. I know. Did we ask for it? No, we just take no. whatever they give us, and we are grateful. And, um, Jimmy, if he does not think we are in a good enough spot, will and does move us. <laughs> in the middle of the show. In the middle of the, the show, he'll go, I have a better spot for you. Just pick up everything um, and move it. So yeah, that's great. I, I mean, there there was one, one year where we had a crazy miscommunication, and it was no one's fault, really. And we ended up thinking, you know what, we'll just end up going as regular press attendees. We'll still do our videos. Um, we just won't have a table. You know, they... they Literally went into storage and got a new table for us. Aww. Like, literally. They have always been more than amazing. To, like, well above and beyond what anyone could ever expect from someone. Certainly what we expect. Certainly above and beyond whatever we expected. And yeah. what we expected beyond what was reasonable, even. Because, because <laughs> in that situation, we're just like, you know what? <laughs> it's fine. It's like shit happens it's a huge now, con you know imagine on a saturday morning of a two-day convention for just the guys who run it to stop dead and go let's find you a spot yeah i i would never have expected that um and we Good didn't people. expect it but you know i that's that's the type of thing that makes them what they are which and it's know? interesting because there's a kind of a there's a real community feeling to all the attendees and all the exhibitors 
and all the people who run Boston Comic-Con that goes all the way back to, you know, 10 years ago when it was in the bottom of some hotel in the middle of nowhere. It was not 10 years ago. I remember that, though. Six years ago, Max. I think it was Um, longer than that, but that's okay. But, you know, you remember when we were in five or ten little rooms? Yeah, they had all the little rooms and the signs, and everyone was kind of just like, hi, my elbows. (laughs) <laughs> my elbow's right next to yours, and, and I guess somebody's in that room, and I don't know if anyone knows this room exists. Oh, they're here. They're mine. They found us. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, crazy. Even, even at that show, there was a sense of everybody wanted to take care of everyone else. Yeah. And that feeling has never left the Boston show. Well, we had people come in to that that particular year and be like, wow, we're really lost. Do you guys... Like, we want to see your stuff, but, like, do you have any idea where these particular people that we came to see are? We can't find them. I remember running around that show. Yeah. Being like, yeah, here, here you go. But, like, that that's the best fun, I think. I still like to do that occasionally. That's why I like to collect art to put behind our table. Because I, I love it when people walk by and say, ooh, where can I get that? And I get to bring them to you. And then we walk them to the artist. <laughs> to, yeah. to Griffin. Or, yeah. or whoever's art that it is, Underbird. We've done that or... many a time. I, I, I have I the, uh, I have the social experience on that side, of, on the other side of the same concept. Where like, at some, at some point, my table stopped being just an art table, and now it's. But the whole reason that Clouder Bowl got the name Clouder Bowl was because at Kineticon last year there were 29 people like who had dragged chairs over and who were just sitting <laughs> on the floor around, and they were like. Well, we've got a little group now. I think we need a name. And, like, they all just came up with it on their own. Actually, no, Daly was the one who finalized Clowder. Um, but, like, it's always become, like, this weird anchor spot where people will come back knowing that their friends are going to show back up at my table later. So they just show up there to wait for them. Or somebody has a panic attack, so they come over because they know I have no problem letting somebody sit behind my table and hang out and just relax for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. It's all about being a decent human being, I think. Yeah, or that time that my friend—I'm not going to use her name. Uh, somebody saw a stalker. Somebody saw a stalker that they had had a problem with before. <gasps> no. And actually, this happened twice. But once was in the floor show. So like, she came and hid. She sat on the floor next to me and just participated in conversations from there, and oh. was just just on the base premise that she knew if the person came over and tried anything, that I would make them cry. <laughs> it's- and then, and then last year, another friend of mine was standing outside because she saw somebody who she had had previous problems with at the con, and she like came out, and she was just kind of in this corner of a loading dock crying, and her friends Aww. were kind of in this semicircle facing away from her, acting as like a protective bubble, which I understood, and I just saw it. We were all going to get food, and I was just like, I'll catch up, and I like break off and start walking towards and all of the five people who I've seen like 12 times that day. Um, give me this weird look, and then I go over and I just give her a hug and sit next to her for a while. And like they had no idea how to interact with her with her panic moment. And I was just like, I got this. Everyone stand back. And I love Perfect. being useful in those moments. Perfect. But yeah, I love that. I love the <laughs> yeah. sense of community that Boston has as a result. Because it's, really, it's a really good one. It's a really positive one. Like there are some cons I could not have done that without like it have being somebody could have like somebody would have given me crap for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it's just a good, it's got a good atmosphere of positivity. Yeah. And, and everyone works hard to maintain it. 
and if someone tries to disrupt it, we wreck them. Yeah, sure, but it's it's consistent all the way from the top down. Yeah. You know, you get Jimmy, and all the way down to attendees. Everyone, you know, consistently, like, I mean... You get you know, cities where the police get called. I don't think that's ever happened. But you know, you know what else? And they're almost unnoticeable. Are all the volunteers at Boston? Yeah, the volunteers There's, are fantastic. There are Wasn't hundreds not, not of them. Nicholas Brendan there last year? Actually, he was. Yeah, Should we I met not, not Nicholas, Nicholas Brendan, Brendan at another show <laughs> when we were supposed to interview Nick Brendan. And he was the seat filler while Nick was out having his cigarette. And he uh, was much more fun to interview than Nick was. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to not Nicholas Brendan. Who comes and the, hang who remembers us and still comes to hang out. And I think didn't I give him his own staff badge last time? You actually <laughs> he did. He has a yes. sci-fi Saturday night staff badge now. He is that part is of our great. part of our cast officially, not Nicholas Brendan. <laughs> yeah. But the volunteers at Boston are like, you don't notice them unless you need them. Yeah. Then you pick out a shirt, you grab someone, you say, how does this happen? How do I find this? How do I get yeah, this? Yeah, you know what? They must, they're really efficient. It's like other cons you go and you see clusters of them clustering. Right. And they don't always know what they're doing. But the ones at Boston are always busy, which is good. Because they're not just standing there going, what do I do now? They're always moving somewhere. They're, they're the volunteer coordinators, which I have a feeling we know who they are. I think we know who a couple of them are, yeah. They are really awesome at their jobs. They, the one thing that I've noticed that they do that I have not seen volunteers at other cons do is when you ask them a question they don't know the answer to, they have been taught to go, I will find out, hold on, as yep. opposed to just playing dumb and walking off. I don't know, good luck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've had that happen. See you later. (laughs) The number of times I've gone up to information booths and had people give me either blatantly incorrect info or just no help at all has been astonishing to me. Yeah. But not at Boston. Never at Boston. Boston. That should be like a hashtag, not at Boston. Not at Boston. Like, whenever bad things happen at cons, we should should take a picture. (gasps) Hashtag hashtag not at Boston. (laughs) That'd be a good one. I like that. (laughs) It would. It would. I'll, I'll so, so if our sponsors of Boston Comic Con are listening tonight, we love you. Yeah, this turned yeah. into a big ass Boston Comic Con love fest. It kind of did, didn't it? It's okay. <laughs> well, like, I, I used to. Sometimes do. I like talking about things I like versus talking <laughs> about things that I don't. I always prefer talking about things I like. Well, no, um, sometimes they get few and far between. That's true, but yeah, no, I used to do. I think like fifteen cons a year, and now I've cut back to these three. Because I've learned, I've had, I've been bit too many times. Just don't need that shit. <laughs> They've just been like, I had, I was involved in some of the bigger ones that like down in, in DC or Philadelphia, and they would do well for a couple of years, and then they would make some fundamental decision that would make Artist Alley a ghost town, and no warning, no like attempt to redirect traffic towards us, no nothing, and then I spend, I end up losing three grand at a con for no reason, and. I've never had that problem with these people because they understand the people on the other end of it. They do. And it's always been about, like, primarily about Artist Alley. They have media guests and they have big comic book industry guests, but people will come without those. That's how they started. 
and they know how to put them in places. Like, people will look for those services. Like, if they're there to see a celebrity, you don't need the celebrity sitting right in front and center where they can be perfectly visible. You can put them off to a side or up in a different room, and everyone will find them. You put Artist Alley where people will trip over them by accident. That's just how you logic out of space. Yeah, I love exactly. the way they do it. They, they've done it for the past couple of years, having the, the celebrities off on the, on, on, on the side there. Yeah. So that it doesn't impede with the traffic for people seeing artists and vendors. And it doesn't exactly. interfere it doesn't interfere with the traffic and there's a lot of traffic. Yeah. You could go to Boston Comic Con and conceivably oh. never know that there were celebrities there. You could. Yeah. Unless you went on purpose to see a celebrity, in which case they're also not impossible to find. No. Exactly. And, and, the and the other thing was like I remember um a couple of years ago they, they had celebrities and they were, we were using this specific printer, and the printer wasn't working, and their oh, yeah. volunteers were there, I think, all Until night. one in the morning. I actually straight through all night long, making sure that every person who had bought and And, like, and like trying to prioritize the people who were <clears throat> waiting and making sure that the people who were, were supposed to come back or something or mailing them out to them, like, they were freaking champions, and they felt really bad about it. And I think that their honesty with how the process was going and their just dedication to just making it right has gone so far. But it, it's apparent in everything that they do. And it's so awesome. Mm-hmm. What, it, what it comes down to is that the people who run the con take ownership of it. Everybody down from that from the, the the representatives all the way down to the people who volunteer all have ownership in this. I and think, it turns I think out, even the attendees, though. I, think I was about attendees. to say, but it, it goes all the way down to the artists and the vendors. And, you know, everybody has taken ownership of this convention and said, we want this to be one of the best in the country. And I think it's it not is the best because, like, think about the shit show that's San Diego Comic Con. Which one would you rather go to? Oh my god! I would pick Boston every day. I I don't think that there's yeah any question about that because I've been to San Diego a few I, times and I prefer Boston now. It's great. If it, like I I really just like I don't know. Hashtag community never meet your heroes, right? <laughs> I, I'm totally fine with having a minor celebrity section and just the giant, wonderful, vibrant community that's been built versus having a media storm. And I mean, you know, how many people have we met along the way at Boston who've turned out to be just, you know, incredible uh, people to have on the show, people to know, people to get to know, like, like you, Griff. I mean, for one of them, I just met you. It's yeah, true. That is how that happened. True. We had tables next to each other when it was in one of the like middle ground locations. Yeah, and you stood <laughs> up for Zombrarian when someone was harassing her. Yeah, it's I don't, true. I have no patience for that crap at all. I was standing up for myself pretty well, but Griffin is taller, so when he stands up, it looks like he's actually standing and not just sitting up straight. <laughs> Also, also, he has less boobs, for, so by default, he's more threatening. 
True. I mean, that, and I, t- I have timing where, like, I know that some fights aren't supposed to be mine, so, like, I sat there and I let you throw in all your shots, and it wasn't until he got stupid and tried to, like, sidestep them, and I just kept bouncing him back into turf. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, you had a big guy next to you dressed as the devil. That was yeah, that so helped. much fun. And that helped as well. Wait, was, that, was that the one where they were collecting the screams? And we started yeah. no. raiding them? That was... Or was that the was, next year? That was at um, Granite Con, sweetie. Oh. oh, that was a Granite Con. I have a horrible memory sometimes, but yes. That was really fun, though. <laughs> well, yeah. I actually have a video of me screaming, which is not fun to watch. Oh. <laughs> but, but it's you like, didn't really scream to him. You more went, ah! It's kind of <laughs> It's the same kind of mentality, though, because, like, you know, we could have been pissed off that we were sitting next to a table with people screaming all day long. It's legitimately <laughs> kind of annoying. Yes. But instead of being grumpy about it and just, like, bringing everything down, we turned it into fun. And everybody's got to be someplace. And you know? we laughed about it. And everyone had all a laugh. Day long. And everyone <laughs> thought it was hilarious. Yep. And, you know, it took an irritating situation and made it fun. And I mean, even the people who were running the screaming a thon got into, yeah, it's dumb and it's funny, and that's that. Uh, and we know this is annoying, and thank you for not killing us. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, and they realized how annoying it was, I think, after the fact. But, you know, well, what are you going to do? Yeah, Hindsight, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean. Eh. We all had Tylenol afterwards, and it was good. Yeah, you know, it's, it's nothing a couple martinis won't care. Oh, thank God. Mm. You know, we we could do some news here, but let's not, because this is a good conversation. (laughs) I told you this, Griff, did I not say this is what was going to happen? You, I I do have, uh, I am quite loquacious, and I have a tendency to make conversations drag on forever. (laughs) I think what I said was we'll probably get to talking and fill the whole goddamn hour. Indeed. But and it's okay we, yeah. if it's a good one. Exactly. No, totally. I just I know I'm chatty because I I've I'm still single and more than a couple times it's been because I talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Brian. Uh, I'm, uh, glad, I'm glad that that's not a thing for you because. <laughs> yeah. Well, Thank you me. know it's it's not often enough that we get to see you where we're not in, in a crowded corridor somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Normally it's like in passing or just like, okay, well, chat for a minute. Oh, now there's people behind me. I got to get out of the way. Or there's you're sitting in a table at the top of a staircase somewhere. Oh my god, talk about layout problems. <laughs> yeah, that that was interesting and you know, the good news was the porn stars were at the bottom of the other level. Yeah, uh, along with uh what the heck uh, Ernie Hudson and um Shoot, somebody else. Yikes. <laughs> uh, Draco, Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Draco Malfoy, Ernie Hudson, and the porn stars. Which it sounds like quite an a afternoon. Good <laughs> Hudson, Malfoy, and the porn stars. That does sound like a bad movie, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you broke Griffin, nice job. It's about time somebody did. I agree. The new website is called shadedareas.com. It's uh, a cornucopia of all kinds of new stuff. 
And I, the tagline is now an oasis of entertainment. I love it. <laughs> and we love having you on the show, Griff, and we're going to see you soon. Yes, we will. And hopefully I'll have a whole bunch of new stuff for you guys to talk about. <laughs> hey, guess who's coming on in the next couple of weeks, Kriana? No clue. Me neither. I knew you were going to say that. Because <laughs> I was actually looking at the calendar. Yeah, and there's nothing there except for next week when Griffin S. is supposed to be on. Oh, <laughs> he was on this week. And someone forgot to take it off. Uh, hold the booking monkey's bananas. He had, didn't do that. Aww. Oh, don't know. Mm. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Boston Comic-Con, Granite Con, Northeast Comic-Con, BooksandBooze.com. In New Hampshire, visit Mary Mac Comics and ComicArthouse.com. Visit ComicArthouse.com for the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. Our intro music production was provided by Rob Watts. Find more of his creations at RobWattsOnline.com. Our outro music was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. Check out more of their grooves on lawrencemademecry.com and buy their new EP, which kicks ass. I want to thank Griffin for joining us tonight. Uh, if ever there was a ringmaster of fun, it is this man. We'll send you the links to his website and all his stuff. Many thanks to the gang for joining us tonight, even though... All we did was talk to Griffin from the Act in Action Time Warp, the sweetheart of the soundboard, Kriana, and the woman of words, Zombrarian. Thank you, ladies. That's what she said. And she says <laughs> it often enough. And Java, you snuck in and then you snuck out. God bless you for joining us tonight. I'm I'm still here. <laughs> My Syphil and Ollie cohort. Syphil <laughs> and Ollie, and then, and then, you know, I went to Boston twice. So, <laughs> I got nothing to say. This, this it's okay. I'm saying Terry and Jeannie shared pain is lessened, shared joy increased. Thus do we all refute entropy. Good night, everybody. Keep shining, folks. That sounds good. That sounds perfect.